plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. No, I'm not You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Colts, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Matt Dainley, and we are here with the guys from Locked On Chiefs. We are here with Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs. Fellas, how you doing? Hanging in. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Good to, good to have you guys on here. Now, let's, let's get this thing uh, squared away real quick. I'm going to the game this weekend, so I get to watch Alex Smith get sacked several times <laughs> in Lucas Oil Stadium. Is that right? Probably not. <laughs> I think you guys know the Colts as well as I do. <laughs> well, I wouldn't bet on it just just because of the way that the line's been playing the past couple games. <laughs> oh, see, see. Now, now let, let's talk about that since uh, we've always the conversation around Indianapolis or around the Colts in general is about our line. So let's talk about your guys' line. What are you guys seeing with your offensive line that may lead you guys uh uh, down the road that uh, maybe there's a possibility there could be some leaks. Ryan, we'll start with you, my guy. Well, you know, really the guard positions at both sides are young kind of journeymen. A new draft pick, Parker Einger, over on the left side, and a Canadian, uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, a uh, third-year player that's really been a bit slow to progress, but they're wait, starting wait, wait, to Got to stop you. Tell me that name again. That was phenomenal. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. He's from Quebec, I, I believe. I love that guy's name. <laughs> if he wasn't playing the Colts this week, I swear I'd be rooting for him because that is the most phenomenal name I've ever heard. Well, here's the, here's the best part. The team calls him Doc Larry. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's smart. You don't want to have to try to repeat that, man. I mean, who's going to try and call that guy by name every time they call him out? Right, right. And the interesting thing about him is he's uh, – in the offseason, he's still in medical school pursuing his degree as a physician. Nice. He's a multifaceted fella. Right. Hey, I can dig that. So the, I mean, to, so I did mean to, but let's uh, forget the fact that I interrupted you there. Tell me about the rest of the line. You know, <laughs> they've got a couple of solid tackles. Eric Fisher's been a little slow to develop uh, since he was the number one overall pick, but he's really made some strides in the last Eh, nine months, uh, especially there, there's a play against the Houston Texans last year that everybody kind of remembers where he ended up with J.J. Uh, Watt in the dirt. And it kind of was a turning point for him. He's built his strength. He's he's actually playing very, very well so far this season. And they were able to sign uh, probably the steal of free agency, in my opinion, in the young Schwartz uh, Mitchell coming over from Cleveland over on the right tackle position. So both the tackles are athletic. Uh, they're both uh, probably a little bit underpowered, um, but have very solid technique. I think what you're going to see is if they're going to, if the Colts are going to make some hay, it's going to be on the interior of the line, where uh, they also have a fairly young second year player in Mitch Morse at center. Yeah, he's a stud though. 
Yeah. You know, and he's got the hairline of a 40 year old. So he seems craftier <laughs> than he looks. He's right up my aisle then. I like him already. So, uh, Chris, let me, let me talk to you a little bit about your guys' defense just in general. Now, where's this team? Now, now, I was talking on the podcast the other day about how a lot of this Kansas City, not, the, not necessarily the makeup of the roster, but the way the team's coached, the way they play, offensive and defensive, they are v- very similar as years past. Am I right or am I wrong in that uh, thought process? Oh, you mean in the Andy Reid years? Yeah, just kind of the way they approach each game, the way they play each game. They've got the same keys on each uh, each play as far as uh, what they want to do uh, to wear a team down. They don't stray a whole lot from their game plan. No, and I would agree with that. I think that what you're seeing is they are changing things a little bit this year. I think they have a better supporting cast for Alex Smith. Uh, he's able to move the ball around a little bit more. They have better wide receivers. Uh, they have better tight ends, and uh, they have a better offensive line, which actually helps him, uh, you know, look down the field a little bit more and get the running game going as well. So I do think that that is correct. You know, Andy Reid's still pretty much calling the game the same way he has in the past, uh, but you might see a couple more downfield passes from Alex Smith because of his supporting cast. Who? Tell me a little bit more about those guys. Well, you have a wide receiver you have a second year wide receiver in Chris Conley who is their number two wide receiver right now mm-hmm. and while he doesn't have great stats what doesn't show up in the stat sheet very much is the clutch catches that he's had and he had two in, in the past two weeks he's had two phenomenal catches on the sideline where he went up and had a corner draped all over him and got both feet in and caught the ball and kept it all the way to the ground with the corner trying to pull the ball out uh, and just really had really strong hands and looked phenomenal. Uh, He is somebody that is developing his route running, and I think he's going to be a bigger threat down the stretch for Kansas City. And then you have a guy in Tyreek Hill who is a running back in college that is now a wide receiver that has speed that will beat just about anybody in the NFL uh, down the field, and he is going to be a legitimate deep threat. You saw that against New Orleans uh, where Alex Smith took, I think, a three-step drop and threw the ball 40 yards down the field, and Hill was under it and caught a touchdown and adjusted for the ball really well, which was impressive as well. How is Smith using Kelsey and Macklin this year? You know, honestly, Kelsey and Macklin, I'm not going to say they're they're being forgot about. Uh, in, in large swaths of the game, you could say that they're being forgot about, but I think it's more of... Alex Smith is starting to spread the ball around a lot more because he's got more weapons at wide receiver and tight end. And he's got a running back in Spencer Ware who's phenomenal out of the backfield. Uh, so you're not seeing Macklin and Kelsey get as many catches as they did in the past couple of years. But I think that's going to start to change because I think defenses are going to start having to respect those other guys a little bit more, which will get Macklin and Kelsey more wide open. Ryan, tell me about the, the secondary uh, there in Kansas City. Now they've got uh you know the uh gains also is, is getting some time in there but obviously uh you guys also have Marcus Peters back there and you know Barry uh the secondary is not to be messed with is this uh something that you think is this secondary uh licking their chops coming uh into Lucas Oil Stadium to face Andrew Luck or do you think that they're uh maybe trying to alter their design a little bit to try to confuse him 
You know, they're not much for confusion. They line up their corners pretty much on the same side all the time. You're not going to see Marcus Peters follow anybody across the field or anything like that. They are confident in what they do. The key about especially, you know, you have two experienced safeties that play their roles very well in Eric Berry and Ron Parker. Uh, and Parker's a very underrated free safety. He, mm. he, he maybe made the play of the game against the Saints last week, punching out a ball that ended up in a fumble recovery and killed an important Saints drive. Uh, he's, he's clutch. He makes plays when they need them. Um, but when you look at the secondary overall, their corners are very young. And Peters is, is an exemplary player. But he's still young and he has physical limitations as well. And I think what the Colts are going to try to do if, if they've seen the same scouting to film that I have uh, is that all the Chiefs young corners and they are all young, even gains who may not be available for this game. Uh, and unfortunately, he has the most long speed. You're going to see guys that are comfortable playing man coverage. They're comfortable being physical. Uh, but they may not have that long speed across the board. And I think that's something that uh, scheme-wise is going to have to be dealt with from the Chiefs' side to try and limit the physical speed that the Colts' receiving core has. Mm-hmm. What Now, uh, and, and Chris, I'll go back to you on this one. There's a guy named Spencer Ware in your backfield. And uh, you guys know him. We know him. Uh, I've got him on my fantasy team, so this is an awkward uh, conversation right here. But, uh, uh, how do you guys think that, or how do you think that he's uh, that Reed is going to use him? I mean, he's been used, and I don't like you said they're not for much much for confusion. So Ware's going to do his thing. He's going to get his carries and he's going to get his targets out of the backfield. Um, but is there anything that you think that they're going to uh, specifically try to do with him, um, with Jamal Charles? Uh, uh, in my opinion, I mean assumingly he's not going to get a whole lot of touches. I wouldn't assume this week still. He may get some, but not a ton. Um, that they're going to use him as the bell cow, or do you – I guess I can use that as a secondary question as well. Do you think Charles will get um, maybe 10 carries this, this week or, or less? If I'm Andy Reid and Charles is having any swelling in his knee at all whatsoever, I don't even play him against the Colts. Yeah. Uh, and I – you know, we talked about this on the Locked on Chiefs podcast. I am of the opinion that – uh, they don't even play him against the Jaguars if he's still having swelling in his knees. I just don't think they need him right now. And, and that's not saying that he's not a good player. It's just saying that Spencer Ware is playing well enough to where you don't have to force your best offensive player to come back earlier than he has to or earlier than he needs to to be healthy for the stretch run. Uh, I do think that you're going to see Spencer Ware run the ball and run the ball often. I also think that you're going to see Spencer Ware attack the Colts uh, linebackers in pass routes. Uh, and that also might be something that you see a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, tight end type routes as well with Kelsey and Demetrius Harris uh, really going after the linebackers. So I think that's how Kansas City is going to attack, going to attack with Spencer Ware. Now I'm curious when they go, when they have a back uh, running back in the backfield and they go five wide, like uh, whether they line a guy initially up in the backfield or not, uh, when they go five wide, who's typically the running back on the field? That's the best thing about them is in years past, you'd think it was just Mel Charles. But where's doing it just as much? And he has been very, very effective lining up wide and, and getting that himself in space 
with the reception. So, uh, and they also have a, a third back in Sharkandrick West is a very capable pass catcher as well. So, mm-hmm. really, any of them can run that offense uh, out of an empty backfield as well. Yeah, they've got a ton of weapons. And last year, they were very back and forth between those two, if I'm not mistaken. And this year, uh, Ware seems to be getting uh, the lion's share of not only the carries, but the yardage and the success. Uh, but this is a this is an uh, extremely dangerous Chiefs team. Uh, the Colts are, however, in the past three and zero against them, forty five to forty four. Whatever. And yeah. <laughs> and it, it just is this thing uh, still working? Yeah. <laughs> I I have to uh, you know I have to <laughs> wonder if uh, naturally there's not nothing. Uh, internal that that makes the Chiefs not think that they can play uh, against an Andrew Luck uh, led offense. But what are they? What do they do to stop this Colts offense? Now they do have some playmakers that are sidelined at the time. Obviously, with Dwayne Allen, Moncrief may or may not come back uh, this week. They're talking about getting him in practice. But let's say those two aren't in the game at all. What are the Chiefs do to stop the Colts this week on offense? Well, I think what you're going to see is a lot of what they did against New Orleans. And I think Andrew Luck is a phenomenal quarterback, but I'm sorry, I would still take Drew Brees over Andrew Luck uh, if we're talking about just this year. Blasphemy. <laughs> uh, you can say that all you want. Drew Brees is a phenomenal quarterback, and I'm not talking oh, long-term. Is. I'm not talking long-term. I'm talking about just this year. Um, but I think what I'm where I'm going with that is that you're going to see – Kansas City basically drop more back in coverage and give Andrew Luck looks where he's got, you know, six, seven, maybe even eight guys back in coverage and use a couple of rusher or use a couple of defensive linemen that are going to try to stuff the run and then use DJ to try to stuff the run and use somebody like Sorensen up close to the line who can come in and help stop the run and maybe even Eric Berry. And that's what you're going to see is you're going to see a much you're going to see the nickel used a lot more as I think how they're going to attack the Colts offense. And Ryan, I'll go to the opposite side of the ball for you. What can the Colt where where are the uh, aside from using where uh, against the linebackers and uh, probably Kelsey as well or any of the tight ends that they've got? What's what's the biggest point of contention for that offense to take uh, taking a look at the Indianapolis Colts defense? Do you think? Well, they've shown a trend in the last two weeks, and I think it continues here, that they're going to use the play-action fakes to try and generate separation in the passing game. Mm-hmm. They've had some success, especially with the speed of Tariq Hill going deep. Uh, Jeremy Macklin is a consummate pro, and he's going to get separation. He's going to make catches. I think what they're going to look to do is really try to get across the middle a little bit more and use some of their secondary receivers like Chris Conley, like on uh, Albert Wilson, try to run some deep crossers and that kind of thing and find some space for Travis Kelsey down the middle in the seams. That's my guess. And I think the run game, if they can establish it like they had the last two weeks, which is probably their plan, uh, is really what's going to be the determining factor if they can open that up. Yeah, that running game could be uh, extremely detrimental. Um, so I'm going to go to, uh, well, you know what? We'll just go to uh, Chris first. Chris, give me your prediction for this game. I think Kansas City wins. I think Kansas City's going to end up putting up, you know, somewhere between twenty-four, maybe thirty points, uh, depending on the 
type of game it is and if it's close the entire game or if they get up early or if, uh and I think Kansas City wins 24 to 30 points uh and Colts get uh 21 21 all right Ryan your turn my man you know we're pretty close on that one uh, Andrew Luck gets his uh and I have a 24 20 Chiefs hmm. was that what I said on your guys is 24 20 no I think so yeah you just flipped it you had the wrong team yeah. buddy <laughs> I had the Colts taking that one, didn't I? Yeah, I tell you, I'll be honest with you. I I uh, I really fought with myself about this one because I try to be as legit as possible on these uh, predictions or anything that I uh, am trying to be objective about it. But I, like I said, you know, with luck playing at an MVP level at this time, that I had to go with the Colts this this time. And like I said, history repeats itself, so. Uh, you just never know with an Andy Reid team if he's going to be able to close the door on on a team uh, and play with his competition or if he's going to be able to uh, scoot scoot forward and go ahead. So, uh, Ryan, Chris, thank you both for hanging out with me on Locked on Colts today. Uh, really appreciate your guys' time. And even though I don't mean it, good luck this weekend. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Really like to thank Ryan and Chris for coming on the show tonight. Should be an interesting battle this week. The Colts could just as easily win as they do lose. It could be a touchdown. It could be a field goal. It could be just about anything. Uh, but I expect a close one. I think that you guys, too, just as uh, what the Colts have done the first seven weeks of the season. But it's going to be a great It's going to be a great game, and um, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to see some of you guys if you guys show up. Also, uh, again, I can't express to you guys enough how grateful I am for you guys sharing the show. Uh, your kind words on email, any of the platforms you guys are getting a hold of me on. It's really uh, impressive, and I really appreciate it. Uh, I will also employ you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or any podcast platform that you guys use, whichever it is. If you use, I think there's a thumbs up on Stitcher. Uh, I don't know what that does, but use it, you know, if you like the show. Uh, I appreciate you guys uh, very much, and uh and really enjoy talking to you guys every day here on Locked on Colts. And, um, and we'll come back with another show for you tomorrow. And I will talk to you all on Thursday right here on Locked on Colts. You are Locked on Colts, your daily podcast on the Indianapolis Colts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Every day.